I'm Laura Linney, and this is Masterpiece Classic. Last week on the Lords of Grantham podcast, we relitigated season two, episode six of Downton Abbey. What we thought to be the worst episode of the series with P. Gordon, we found out it wasn't that bad. And this week, we are rewatching season three, episode seven, with Tom Branson's brother in it, Kieran. And you'll have our reactions and more this week on the pod. X go give it to you. He go give it to you. X go give it to you. He go give it to you. First we gonna fuck, then we gonna fall, then we let it pop, don't let it go. X go give it to you. And we are back. A solemn day here at the Lord DeGrantham podcast. <laughs> that is correct, Dave. We are back, but who is not back? Prince. <laughs> you said it. Phil. <laughs> 99. Are you laughing? Is this funny? No. No. I mean, a little bit. I mean, it's just one of these things that we've seen coming for like weeks and stuff, and then it's finally here, and it's like, oh, man. It, it's hard to believe. 99. Even though he was 99. 90. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. It's like, I mean, what did you expect to happen when you're 99? I don't know. You think he, but... you think he was working on his his own, like, his body was working by itself, or, or they put some kind of chip in him to make him make it through you know like was he more machine than man at the end well i mean we discussed this previously he, he did not want to be 100 he, he's been public about that saying he did not want to turn 100 so who knows what causes came together to make him see through his wish so i, I don't know you think Liz- no, I don't. elizabeth was like you gotta do it and he was like no <laughs> what i don't have to do it i want to stop what she told him What's he had it? to stay <laughs> to stay alive oh oh okay and then he just sort yeah. of do you think he turned yep. into to, he disappeared <laughs> he heard the calls of his boy Mike and he's like I gotta go he says he's been calling me for 30 years or yeah, he hopped on when a, did a Mike die we don't Pacific. know <laughs> I don't know who is even real <laughs> who knows well Mike's um, family is real we know that they they don't like the crown yeah but you know, it's purely coincidence, but who would have guessed he would have died on the same day as DMX, Darkman X, mm-hmm. Earl Simmons. <laughs> and which one hit the world uh, harder? I mean, around the world, probably Prince Phil, but if you're on Twitter and you live in the U.S., it was absolutely everyone remembering DMX instead. No one could care less about Prince Phil, really. That's good. It was all DMX time, which I'm here for that. I am... <laughs> Very much I was at least growing up a very much a DMX fan, and we saw that uh, the actors who portray Prince Philip in the Crown extended their condolences to the royal family. Mm-hmm. You think? Yeah, think the the Queen was thrilled to hear from Matt Smith. I don't think she heard from them. I don't think she cares. Do you think she's really having <laughs> a rough she? time? He's he was ninety nine. How old is yeah. she? Like ninety six? You think they even hung out? Ninety four, I think. They've been they were together for over seventy years. I'm sure <laughs> she's feeling something, man. I'm sure she's feeling something, but she knew it was coming too. Do you think? She, I mean, the bigger question: Do you think she's feeling something about DMX being gone? Do you think she? I don't she's think she knows who that? DMX is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I do like that. There's the controversy that the actress Carrie Washington posted a tweet about DMX and Prince Phil finally hanging out in heaven. Isn't that funny? And then she got like a bunch of flack from people. For, for whatever the reason and she had to delete the tweet which is like who knows we don't know what goes on in heaven they could be hanging out Kobe's right there just as they always show Alex Trebek they're all just hanging out playing yeah, Kenny Rogers everyone it's who has died in history I, <laughs> I, I I mean how many times were you bold over this past year where they kept putting out that portrait where like there's some serious artist out there of up in heaven Kobe Bryant's there waiting to welcome Sean Connery Alex Trebek uh, Chadwick Boseman, uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg—they're all just hanging out and having. That's not. I mean, is that how it what works? What about all the five hundred thousand people that died from the coronavirus? <laughs> they just <laughs> yeah, sent to their own heaven. It's it's dark, but it's just like, I I mean, I hope they're in a better place. But I don't think you just automatically beeline and say like, I'm going to hang out with this person I never had a chance to hang out with in the real world. <laughs> I don't, and I don't think DMX and and Prince Philip are in the same celebrity Absolutely. realm. Absolutely. <laughs> DMX came from the exact opposite upbringing of Prince Phil. Uh, 
and we don't need to get into that, but it, it's it's way too dark. I mean, as dark as what we were just saying, it's even darker. So rest, rest in paradise, DMX, and also Prince Philip. Exactly. Yes, we wish them all all the best in their their next uh, round. Is there anything else going on that worth talking about? No. Prince Philip <laughs> died, man. That's enough. That's enough for us. Yeah. It's a hammer. It is absolutely a hammer. Well, WrestleMania was um, this weekend. I don't know if we want to get to that at the end of the podcast, but we had what? We can get to it at the end. I mean, there's you know half good stuff to talk about and half bad stuff to talk about. So stick around to hear what we thought of it. That's yeah. I'm sure all our our listeners are like, oh, we're you know, we came here for <laughs> sure for Downton Abbey. Downton Abbey season three, episode seven. But they're like, you know what? I'll stick around for the WWE talk. Yeah. <laughs> Even if they don't, if they make it to the end of the Downton Abbey part of the episode, that's enough for us. If they make it this far, that's yeah, enough for us. we appreciate it. Mm-hmm. If they just let the yeah. thing download into their Drop feed, off. that's enough for us. <laughs> if you acknowledge that we exist, that's enough for us. I mean, if, you, if that by that it means you follow us on Twitter or Instagram, yes. If you just acknowledge sure. our existence, not enough. Dave, I think our listeners need an explanation of why we are watching Downton Abbey Season 3, Episode 7 of all <laughs> episodes. Well, watching this episode, I feel like it's the Jingle Jangle Enigma. <laughs> we watched this episode okay. because we have an affinity towards certain side characters, right? And, and some, some we're more yeah. vocal about than others. Tufton, Harold, Levinson. Mm-hmm. But there's one side character that I think... And I think this is one of the earliest instances where... Our, mo- our more vocal fan base sort of pushed us in a direction of enjoying this character. And, mm-hmm. and that, that would be Kieran Branson. Kieran. Now, I think it's Kieran. Yeah. I think it's no N, unless when Branson says it, he pr- doesn't, doesn't pronounce the N. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's Kieran. I watched with subtitles, as I always do. Oh. Well, look it up. See, you got the internet. You can make that happen. Wow, it is Kieran. I got it. Okay, it is Kieran. Well, shout out to Amazon and whoever's doing the subtitles over there. Yeah, should have been get on. Should have been on Peacock, <laughs> man. You watched it again on Peacock this week. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I had to go back to. Uh, well, actually, no. It's it's kind of ironic. I went back to uh, Amazon because I wanted to watch the subtitles because Peacock wasn't coming through on those. Oh, and look what and happened to now, you. Now, lo and behold, you. Amazon got me. <laughs> Oh, those rascals. Okay. Um, but, yeah, as Dave, as you were saying, we have an affinity for these strange oddball characters, especially those that don't return <laughs> for other episodes for whatever the reason. They're just one-off wonders. Mm-hmm. And this one especially stands out because unlike last week where Patrick Gordon disappeared into a the, the ether at, <laughs> at the end of the episode, here you have a character who's introduced as tom branson's brother mm-hmm. so there's opportunities to bring him back and yet and he li- every opportunity to see that through they don't do it yeah, he lives in liverpool <laughs> yeah he's not he's not that far away no, not a- and we see branson opens up his own mechanic shop in the town you think he'd be like hey i need some advice from my brother who's done this yeah, I mean, and it's not like they leave him on a sour note for this episode, so why not bring him back? This guy is a good character, and, and we'll talk about it some more. Um, but he is very much like gla- Hugh Bonneville and Jingle Jangle, where we want a lot. You want a lot, and you remember it fondly, but it's not much. Absolutely. He's got two scenes. No, but he's, he's throwing 100. He really is coming in hot, and uh, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad we watched this episode again. Well, this is a this is just like... Uh, well, more so than than revisiting P. Gordon, mm-hmm. this episode is full of of juice. I mean, there's a lot of. Is it you know just us not watching down for a while, or is it just these episodes that we're choosing that they just happen to be filled with a dozen plot lines each time? These are just jam. Well, compared to the Crown, there's a lot more moving pieces in every Absolutely, episode but it's also shorter than almost every episode of the crown it's true. only 48 minutes in it. which is well, all credit to, so to, to our good pal julian yeah best friend of the pod julian fellows <laughs> how does this episode start dave this episode started in a way that i had no i i totally did not look up what happened on the last episode so we see Neither did um I. prison mm-hmm. and it's bates, bates is exiting <laughs> He's leaving. He he is walking out with a swagger with his, his cane. 
uh, it kind of blew my mind that this is season three, episode seven. I, I it, it didn't even register with me when we first watched the show. I feel like mm-hmm. that Bates is literally in prison for two thirds of the season. Is he in episode one? Is he already in prison? Yeah. No, I mean, yeah. That's, we should check the timeline for how how many months or years he spends in jail. Yeah, I was I was just shocked to see how long he was in there. Well, we know season three moves faster than season two because season two is all of World War One, and this is just kind of a, a year or more. Doesn't that's still a lot of time? Well, I mean, he did a, a devious crime. He he allegedly murdered his wife, so you know. So episode one is, is so what can you do? April nineteen twenty. Episode seven mm-hmm. is July nineteen twenty. So this episode really does slow things down. Or the season so he had, really he does a, slow he spent things spring. down. He still spent, he spent seven spring months there. in jail. Well, is it? Yeah, seven months because he went there at Christmas because it was the Christmas episode where he got convicted. So yeah, yeah. So seven months. That's a long time to be in jail. Do you think he, he, he looks could, good? Do you think he could have sued somebody and gotten some money? For false imprisonment? For wrongful conviction? Yeah. Uh, I don't know if they had that back then. I don't know if they were that uh, forward thinking. Who's the yet. lawyer? Is the lawyer. Um, he shows up in this one, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, something with an M. Yeah, what a. But, uh, he's, he's a he should be one of our guys, but he's the lawyer is really not one of our guys for some reason. No, no, not, not right now. Uh, but, anyways, though. What do you do when you first get out of jail, Dave? What, what would you think you would do? Do anything but what he did. He literally goes straight back to work, out of jail, gets in a car with Anna, greets her, goes straight back to his job. What? Excuse me? Like, um, I get that he may not have a, a place to stay necessarily, but within the first five minutes he's already asking for his job and everything and like it's just as if nothing happened you know let's not speak of prison now, does he have a roommate at Downton Abbey or does he he lives by himself right he has his own room yeah he had, he had his own room his own little small cot yeah cause he in that first episode he walks in he's like yes this will do yeah, <laughs> yeah. also clumsy dialogue uh, early on with Julian I, I guess maybe he just didn't know what to say there's an exchange where Anna says, thank God. And then Bates says, yes, thank God. And it's like, there should be something more. Well, he says, there. thank God and you. Oh, there you go. Okay. <laughs> Give Julian half points there for, for trying to come up with something clever there. It's, it's a little, little just pat, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, I guess it's not too different from Monopoly where, you know, <laughs> you get sent to jail in that game and then you get busted out and it's just back to behind property. It doesn't slow down. Oh, no, not at all. The world the world does not slow down for for anyone. No, let's see this through. So Bates is there. Uh, you know, he he happens to walk in as like Robert's just walking out and he's like, Bates, <laughs> bro. He says, Bates, my dear boy. <laughs> yeah. And Bates is already asking like, can I work? Yeah, yeah, we'll figure it out. Just take take some time off. Take, take, this is like take l- a vacation. Lay down man. and read. <laughs> yeah, that's your way to get your mind off things. Read a book. And he just gives him a pat on the back. And Bates just collapses. Uh, <laughs> just all the the time in prison, you know, he's just weak. Um, but he does tell them, uh, was it to go look for a place to stay or something like that, right? Yeah, they. You know, he's going to give them... He says, where are you staying? And he goes, my old room. And Robert's like, mm-hmm. bro, you're married, dude. Get out <laughs> yeah. there, man. Let me get you Let me get you a new bedroom, dude. <laughs> I can afford that. Uh, you know, Robert with his investing decisions. So, yeah, uh, Bates and Anna are, you know, looking at a place to, to hunker down, mm-hmm. it seems like. And, I mean, that by and large is them this episode. We do see a bit of a confrontation when... Again, you know, it's not even that he comes to Downton just because that's where he's staying. He literally goes straight to his old co- co-workers. Yeah. And he's like, hey. <laughs> Can I go? What's going on? What I miss? Put me in. Well, and it's not even just that. It's like, was it Jimmy saying some line and then he just finishes the sentence like, oh, you think or whatever? And it's like, whoa, whoa. Bates is back. <laughs> no way. Tom, uh, 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 Thomas uh, squares, up, squares up with him, you know, like... <laughs> He's oh, like, there's you. a new <laughs> footman in town. His name yeah. is Thomas Barrow. Mm-hmm. Learn it. 
Yeah, because he goes by Mr. Barrow now, not Thomas. Mm-hmm. So, and we do see uh, the scene where it's Bates and Anna just like wandering around the property, saying like, right. "Who are we gonna kick out of their house?" Effectively, and yeah, he's like, "This person's this not leaving, property. but maybe this person will." Yeah, I mean, they're just looking at this decrepit property, and Bates is just going like, "This will do." I mean, anything will do. He has one room. He'll take two. <laughs> He has one leg, you know, whatever. He, no, he, will work. He's got he's got more than that. We we didn't watch the past six episodes, but we know he throws down. That is, yeah, he, he can walk for sure. And I remember, I mean, that's one of the biggest disappointments of this whole series is just the fact that when Bates get out, gets out of jail, he's just back to the cane. And it's like, man, he was so cool without a cane. But he doesn't, you know, it's, it's there for support, but it doesn't mean he needs it. No, he should like use it as a weapon if he's actually going to have it there. I mean, that's really what you do, especially you see that in wrestling. You know, if you're slightly hobbled, you get a cane and you use it as a weapon. That's what Bates should be doing. Well, I mean, we don't know what happens in the rest of the show. He might. No, there's lots of time between these episodes. No. And we did read that, that Agent is... Gates, the comic, so we know what Bates but is up to. It is funny though, watching Bates in this episode, Bates and Anna. It really feels like the culmination of like so much of their story over the first three seasons. And to think this is as almost as good as it gets, aside from the season three finale where they're picnicking and having a good time, this is like apex, like who knew <laughs> that they were, would already peak like almost halfway into the show. Yeah. And that's Julian's fault. Well, I mean, they, I mean, they Thank do God. have another, they have another peak, but it takes until the very end of the show to get there. Season four yeah, and season it, five are awful for them. And then season six, they're sort of background characters. Yeah. And then they're barely there. I mean, Anna's there in the movie. Bates is just kind of collecting a check. Uh, we got to revisit that. Um, so, anyways, uh, w- what else is going on? Uh, let's just take it up all downstairs right now. Yeah, I mean, what's the? There's the one big plot downstairs. I think there's two other two plots that sort of wind up around each other. Mm-hmm. Why don't we talk about Ethel first? Let's just get that one out of the way. Oh my. That's the other thing. Again, this is season three, episode seven. Ethel's still there. Just, you know, yeah. We, I mean, last week we watched season two, episode six, and we were very much in the throes of whatever Ethel's drama was then. Mm-hmm. I can't believe it continued on a whole season later, and she was still in the same pretty much predicament that she was a year. You a season don't ago. say. Well, it's a little different now because she's a. She it's a used to be a prostitute. Still not. It's only gotten worse. Yeah. It hasn't gotten better. <laughs> no. No, it's such a drag on the show, and just I mean, I get it, get it that it's like a representation of the struggles of a person like this in that time, but whoa, but it's also man. very pres- <laughs> presumptive about how they would handle it. Yeah, I mean that's the thing is it all kind of ra- wraps up a little tidy, you know. It, it's, it's almost like I feel like Julian is giving us a, a proper dose of, of medicine <laughs> to to go with everything else in the show. Like this is what it's really like, and then you know. Mm-hmm. Thanks, man. Thanks for spoon feeding us this, this tragic story of Ethel. Yeah. So let's get to that. So she's um. She's at this point in the show. She is working for Isabella. Isabella's like cook and maid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the handwoman. And the dowager is not too impressed, and and is is very much concerned with her reputation in the community. Mm-hmm. And at one point, the dowager is driving through town and sees Isabel, Isabel Ethel crying in the middle of the street. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I almost I had to laugh when I, when I saw this because it was just like, she's already looking sad, and then she puts down her bag to then start crying into her hands, and it's like, I get it. She's, she's having a, a, a bad go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah, the dowager notices even when she's riding by, like, oh, man. And then she, we find yep. out that somebody in town has made fun of her for her previous job. Mm-hmm. And it is... Because everyone knows. Yeah. Everyone knows her business. Yeah. So then um, we cut to later in the... She, yeah, she was a woman of the night, right? That, yep. That's the previous job. Yep. That, that's the job description, right? Woman of the night. I don't know if that's what her resume would say, if she needed a reference. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. And we cut to later in the episode, and the Dowager puts an ad out in the newspaper for somebody mm-hmm. wanting someone with Ethel's skills, and this gets Isabel very upset. Because Isabel says that she has no right to do that. Um, you know, the Dowager just wants to get the, the 
controversy out instead of let this woman live a good life. And keep in mind, Ethel has given up her child for adoption by her the the father's parents, basically. So mm-hmm. she's she's had lots of bad luck, and this culminates with everybody, including is it Edith? Is yeah, because they're all talking at dinner about it, <laughs> and and Isabel's like, "Go get Mrs. O'Brien," because Mrs. O'Brien is the one that's going to back Hughes. me up. Hughes, yeah, not O'Brien. Jeez, we'll get to O'Brien later. Don't get O'Brien. For the love of God, don't get O'Brien. <laughs> and Hughes comes up, and 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 Isabel says, "You got. You're the one with this good head on your shoulders. It's like, tell me, tell me, I'm right right now. This is this is wild mm-hmm. that this is happening, right?" And Hughes says, "Yeah." This is actually a great idea because she can start fresh. You're going to give her a good reference. And then everyone's like, yeah, cool. And Isabel. And she, she's vouching for her. You know, she's really sticking up. Like she's been through it. She's a stickler. And Isabel's not happy. She's not thrilled. Yeah. She, they want to, they want to give her a better life. So that that's their idea is helping to get her somewhere new. Yeah, because it's like the Scarlet Letter, where where she is. Everyone knows what she was up to, and the Dowager says, "What's the Scarlet Letter?" Which I thought to be a little bit like, "Come on, Julian." The Scarlet Letter by that point is like seventy years old. She had never heard of that book. Did she ever hear of books at all? It was a massive book. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, she may be I, seventy years old. Is that place old. in America? It's an American book, right? Because there's, I mean, a, there's a Native American. I, I don't. I don't remember much about it. I read it in freshman or sophomore year of high school. I mean, it was popular enough for at least Edith to know it and other people to well, I mean, know the book Edith, there. They do know it, and, and I think everybody but the Dowager knows it. Right. It is an American book, but it, all the same. Oh, come on. <laughs> Give Julian this one. He's trying to spice up this I'm not giving Julian plot. that one. It, it, this, that was a massive book, <laughs> and it's like it's very much been around the entirety of her life. Anyways, moving on. You think she, the Dowager knows how to Ethel's read? Good. You think she reads books? I don't think she reads. What do you think she does with her time? Sits around and gossips. Think, think Why do you clips? think she keeps people like Spratt and Danker around? She she's she like mischief. And yeah, she just thinks about Kurgan all the time. Uh, yeah, just d- dwells on that. Um, but yeah, Ethel, they're gonna they're gonna fix her and move her uptown. Yep. Here's your one chance, fancy. Uh, so that's pretty much what's going on with <laughs> Ethel the, as the world turns. So I think. Logic says that the the next plot that's worth discussing is Matthew and Robert. Is it? I because th- I think the- I think there's another side. Okay, what's the other side? Let's keep what's moving up from the rankings. Edith. Oh, Edith and it's, she, Edith goes and meets Michael Gregson. On to the next one. She gets he they get along. Yeah, he's putting I mean, the moves on her. Boom, done. Well, Next. Robert's not too excited about her going out there because he, he he thinks that she wants a job. He he doesn't really want her to have a job or be involved, or he thinks there's something else that this man has designs for. Maybe, maybe. And, and I think he kind of sees the writing on the wall. Like this isn't this is having his daughter write for a newspaper might reflect negatively on him. What if she says something that that hits hard at home? You know? Yeah. And and then I think was it Cora tells him in the middle of the night. You know, do you think she's that Machiavellian? And and Robert says yes. And if we've all seen season two where she tries to home wreck, she might be, you know. So there there's that. Not to mention she's the, the, the one, one that blows the whistle on Pamuk, right? And Mary? That too. She 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 is a mastermind. And and the one other thing I'd say about this plotline is how shockingly young uh Gregson looks, who we know as Traterus in, in the crown. Mm-hmm. Uh and it's wild to think how charming he is here where he's so sedated on the crown and he probably gets paid more for that least less challenging role on the crown. Hey, that's called, that's a win-win for an actor. You don't need to try. Yeah, good for Gregson. It's a shame that he didn't stick around longer. He's good. He's got a twinkle I, I, in his eye every time you see him. I feel like Gregson, and we, maybe we've talked about this before, Gregson is a big ball drop on Julian's part because we don't get any follow-up ever with well, the, we know what happened. Yes, we know what happened with him, but that, I was getting to what I was trying to say. We don't get any follow up with the the brown shirts or the brown coats, the Nazis. I mean, World War Two—that's the follow up. Yeah, but this whole show is about this guy going missing that literally drives Edith wild for a whole season, 
And then there's no like cultural, there's no impact on Downton aside from that. We're just supposed to say, okay, we know from history. Meanwhile, we have Ethel side plots. We have Isabel side plots. You can you can put some something. Well, I mean, you want drama in Downton Abbey, the movie too. You bring back Gregson. He never died. I think they I think that's very doable. Now he comes back covered in bandages and said that he woke up and he went to Canada and he said he's P. Gregson. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. What if exactly. Gregson is P. Gordon? No. Or that Gregson or Gregson's wife life. snaps back into a uh, normal state because we know she's she's had some brain damage or something like that. Oh yeah. I don't know. All I know is that I feel like everyone's been waiting for Dallin to get to World War II or live through that on some level. Perfect timing to bring back Gregson on some level, I think, and then bring up the drama with Edith. She has some of the best drama on the show. Yeah, and you can make it like he's in a prison or something like that. There's plenty of ways to bring Gregson back easily. Absolutely. If you don't die on screen, you're not dead. That's just how it works. That's the law of movies and TV. Mm Mm-hmm. Even if you do die on screen, as we see in Fast, the, f- the upcoming Fast and Furious movie, you can come back. Well, we don't know anything about that. We don't know. We haven't seen it. So, anyways, though, that, that's that. Now, as you were saying, Dave, Matthew and Roberto. And Robert. And uh, Jarvis. <laughs> and, and indeed Jarvis. This is a, this is a, a fun uh, little, a little juicy supply here. Because Matthew's proposing yeah, I mean, that they invest in farming uh, equipment, machinery, and and instead of mm-hmm. doing sort of contract farming where they give the land to local farmers and, and collect rent or something, they instead hire farmers and have the work get done, and then I guess they'll take the profit more directly. And Robert's not a fan. <laughs> which is kind of wild. It, 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 it sounds like what Matthew's proposing is economically sound. It's just that it's not Robert's idea and he doesn't agree with it. Mm-hmm. It's pretty much his beef. And it also doesn't help the way uh, Matthew tells this to him. He says, you've been bailing yourself out on Cora's fortune year after year. And Jarvis is not thrilled either. <sighs> Jarvis is not cool. No, no. He, he, he feels like everyone's turning on him. You know? Every, I mean, it's, we have room full of, with three people, and one of them turned on him, and Robert is not doing a good enough job defending him. Right. Well, I mean, Matthew can't keep his temper in check, which I understand. He's pretty frustrated because he's just been given all this money from Lavinia Swire's parents, and now they just want to burn through it again. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, I'm not going to let you do that, <laughs> okay? And Robert doesn't know what to say because he doesn't have a plan. He doesn't have an idea of what to do, mm-hmm. <laughs> aside from no go, continuing down the way. And then now we remember his name. Murray is there. Mm-hmm. The, Robert's the lawyer. And he sides with Matthew. So Jarvis is like, I'm out. Yeah. he's he said, And he says, I'm the old broom. Good luck sweeping up, bro. And then we and see then he sweeps his way out later in the episode, the Dowager straight up says, like, Jarvis was, like, old news anyway. Jarvis was your dad's guy. Like, what do you care? This is a good idea. And then we bring in Branson to be mm-hmm. the agent. We got this whole thing covered. And I like how Robert's like, what experience does he have? When Dowager's like, he, he, his grandfather or father was a, a farmer. He, he he grew up around that. And Robert is just like... <laughs> There's a lot of grumbly Robert in this episode. <laughs> oh, he, he gets shut down at every turn this episode. Yeah, Jane is long gone. He's got nothing left. Yeah. He's got Brooker waiting uh, in the Dil- wings. Mm-hmm. This is a low point really, for Robert. Yeah, I mean, what we're seeing here is just the setup for the next few seasons of the show of them, you know, turning around Downton Abbey into something that's self-sustaining, mm-hmm. uh, really transformational. And Matthew, though, it's not all roses for him because he's he's struggling with a bit of um, uh, impotency, you know. Um, he doesn't think he's got a seed. Can't, he thinks he wants. He, he's, he's not sure if he's got the mojo. In, in Downton's farming, he doesn't he doesn't have enough energy to know whether or not he can create farm his own. He wants to yeah. plant those seeds, but not his own. Exactly. And Mary's so, like, you know, look, I let's just keep at too. it. I don't think you, I think you got a long, 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 long life ahead of you, Matt. I mean, we said it at the time when we watched this, the, the season three again. There was no inclination that Dan Stevens or Matthew was going anywhere. It's so frustrating to watch this, knowing there's so much more road for them with this character. Mm-hmm. And then it just gone. 
Julian clearly didn't know. Julian's booking mm-hmm. week to week on this one, too. Pete Gordon might have come back in this episode. Because I think it would have been fascinating, you know, if when they put this farm business together, not so much that, oh, man, Mary's succeeding at this and doing great. Who knew? To see, like, Matthew maybe fall on his face a little bit. Because mm-hmm. I feel like we never got that moment much with Matthew where he's kind of struggled with his own career. It's kind of, aside from some in and out with, with Mary, you know, in terms of will they or won't they, I feel like he, you know, he's fallen upwards a lot. You know, fallen with upwards? And then I don't everything. think so. I think after... No, no, because he struggles. He, with Lavinia? That man, Wait, what's that the man struggle with Lavinia? sinks. He's, his his fiancé dies. After, and then he inherits all her money. Do you think that's a good thing? Where's the loss? <laughs> he's got all the money in the world, man. Are you kidding? I'm just saying from a professional standpoint. He's a lawyer who then finds out that he's going to get this huge fortune from Downton. And, and then, you know, and then Robert, he's going to get this huge Robert fortune from Swire. Gets it all away, loses it all. Yeah, then, I'm just saying, like, Matthew I'd like to see. More. I'd like to see him struggle a little bit professionally. I feel like there there's some, <laughs> some meat on the bone that was not chewed there. Okay. That's fine. I mean, we, we would have gotten there if he okay. didn't leave. That is very true. If you didn't transform into a beast and then appear in a Disney movie, you know, and then and there. then squander the rest of his uh, role, well, yeah, I mean he he hadn't done too too much of note. I mean, dancing was every time you see him, it's like, hey, you know, he was in that Will Ferrell uh, yep. movie last year on Netflix. He was great in that. He was maybe the best part. Yeah. So you know, keep it going, Dan Stevens. You'll you'll get your big break again. Um, not on Julian's watch. <laughs> Down Abbey movie three after they bring back Gregson and then they bring back yeah, his hand comes out of the grave it's like sh- super shredder why not why not I think that leaves us all with, right and then there were two and one I think is way more important than we ever thought it was going to be and one is what we came to talk about so what do we hit first uh let's leave the one we want to talk about last the one that is bigger than we expected let's get to that this is uh the the love rhombus or I what's the what's five sides? Uh, so it's Daisy, Ivy, Jimmy, Alfred, Thomas, and Alfred. Alfred. Yes, I mean I was getting there. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, most of those can be described pretty quickly because Alfred wants to go to the the movies with Daisy, no, with Ivy. Ivy. And he says, come on, can man. we have uh, Jimmy and and Daisy come too? And mm-hmm. Carson's like, all right, fine. And meanwhile, O'Brien's yip yip yipping to Barrow that Jimmy has has been talking nonstop about him in mm-hmm. ways that are, uh, what's the word that she uses? Oh boy, because this is silly, sloppy stuff. I mean, she. <laughs> I think we said that a lot of time, a lot, a lot of times. Last time we watched this, that's, that's like a Garth Brooks Facebook video. <laughs> See, I'm excited silly for sloppy. silly sloppy stuff. I like that. Um, so, so, I mean, she tells him straight up, you two make a fine couple. Always going on about you. Uh, I, you know, just watching this whole storyline, it, it made me, like, wonder or marvel at how Jimmy, Ivy, Alfred swept into the house for two seasons, took up so much plot lines, and then just disappeared into thin air. And it's like, okay. So I mean, all one by one, a, too. It, Right, uh, and at least Jimmy had some impact on Branson, and it really shaped, you know, not Branson, uh, Barrow, and shaped his character. But the other two were just herking jerking around. <laughs> and Al- I mean, Alfred, Alfred has a decent plot, but he it, it doesn't. Does he? Yeah, he becomes a cook. The dude's a doofus. I, I do like that they plant those seeds here, where he's talking to Patmore about what she's cooking. Mm-hmm. You know, like to let you know, like he's interested in becoming a cook, mm-hmm. which I didn't pick up on before. But Jimmy, and, uh, I mean, Jimmy gets yeah. caught up in some action on his way out the door. That's for sure. Oh, I mean, yeah, he gets caught stroke. We all know that. Um, so, anyways, oh yeah, Alfred wants to take Ivy to the movies. He needs to get out of work first. Mm-hmm. And he get he get he gets the okay. He, he's going to get out. They all get the okay. It, it, which means Jimmy has to do the work, and Ivy's like. Or Jimmy starts complaining. And Ivy's like, you, you, "You'll do great, or whatever. You're meant for that role." And, uh, and Daisy <laughs> heals off in this episode. Not heals off, just cuts a promo where she just says, 
Alfred, why do you want to go for a lady like that who says that in front of your face saying that he will do a better job than you? You're daft. And you know what? Alfred is a, is not smart. No, no, he's kind of a dud, if you ask me. He's at no personality, uh, very fair skin. He will burn up if he stepped out into the sunlight. Mm-hmm. And, and he's on O'Brien. Who knows he's related he's to O'Brien. Coach. Yeah, bad genes all the way through and through. And he does the thing, too, where he shuffles his feet going upstairs. He does. I, I know he noticed that before, but when he runs up the stairs, it's very quick, one, two, one, two, one, two, and it's like... Man, Sorry that bothers so you. Self-conscious. It it really unsettles me. If you go back and watch Alfred in these episodes, the way he runs up the stairs is just so awkward. <laughs> it's not. Natural. I guess if we watch another Alfred episode, I'll keep my eyes open for it. He is a terrible actor. I gotta say it. We'll, we'll get to it in a moment. Actually, let's get to it in a moment. Um, so what? What I I was a little confused about what goes down with the serving scene. So like Jimmy makes it. Diffic- I mean, Jimmy basically sabotages Alfred on the DL. I mean, does he? Uh, Alfred goes in to serve the Dowager, like lobster, but he doesn't. Right, he doesn't give the Dowager a heads up that he's serving her the food, and then she flips up her hand where there's a spoon, which causes for all the food to fall on her. And then he um, accuses Alfred of Jimmy of setting the table in a manner that was everything is closer together. But Jimmy never denies it, so this is Jimmy probably did this. Yeah, J- Jimmy. Probably cracked corn, um, and he don't he don't but care. He does not care. Absolutely not. Uh, I do also want to say it's maybe the fault of the Dowager too, just not looking where she was and then causing that to happen. And she seems pretty. The thing is, the Dowager kind of goes with the flow for as much as she's a old old mm-hmm. person of the old ways. In this episode, especially, she is. She is making moves. She is agreeing with things that are progressive and helpful. It's a, she's a, it's a progressive week for her. She's the kind of character where I think Julian modulates her based on how progressive he needs her to be on a week to week basis. Mm-hmm. Whatever best fits the humor. Either way, the Jimmy, I I don't understand that why Alfred needs to socialize with Jimmy. Just don't hang out with. There's him. not many other people to talk with downstairs. Okay, you got Molesley. Better. Mo- you want to hang out with Mosley? Look, we went to high school, and there's cliques in high school. And you got the jocks, yeah. you got the the nerds, you got the marching band people, you got the 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 losers, and the and the, the losers. You got the, lo- the the dunces. Yeah. And there's always this sort of gang in our in our high school, and I remember where they used to stand of this, this sort of nobodies that they're not talented, mm-hmm. they're not smart. They don't got much going, but they got each other. So if you say Alfred has nobody to hang out with, Mosley's right there. <laughs> well, I mean, there's also that thing of like you don't want to be guilty by association. You know, he, and you know he's trying to angle for Ivy. He doesn't want to look like you know he's hanging around the other uh, riffraff. Or he can hang out uh, with I his. Mean, the biggest thing that he he does though he does do that in this episode. We see that. Yeah. Um, but. The one thing that mystified me in this episode was just seeing background workers that, you know, are nameless. And it's just like, oh, yeah, the staff was that big, I guess, at one time where there was just yeah. people in the background. <laughs> um, but, I mean, yeah, Jimmy's there. I feel like Jimmy also can't not butt his way into conversations. He's always just present, you know. He's just kind of a man of a social light, you know. That, that's what he is downstairs. So yeah, he's the, he's the young upstart. Can't him. Sure. Uh but yeah, he still gets to go to the movies. Uh, Jimmy's like, why does he get to go? If I threw a bucket of slop on the old lady, I wouldn't have gone to the flicks, as he says. Uh, Sorry. Because, yeah, he's com- he's complaining to Barrow. He, you know, he's, he's telling, you know, how, how rough of a day he's had. Mm-hmm. Well, who cares? He, he complains that no one likes me, and Thomas casually says, well, I love you. <laughs> and then he says, well, then you're on your own, bro. <laughs> and, and oh goodness I mean I was kind of shocked at how casually he slips in the well I love you or you know and then like Tom, Jimmy doesn't really respond to it you know yeah because Jimmy doesn't know any better I mean if, if it would be he's he's trying True. to be for, be there as a friend or in yeah. Jimmy's mind I'm sure that's what he thinks but nope mm-hmm. and, and Barrow tries to interrogate asks those questions like you know it must be tough uh, you know being so lonely because he doesn't have any, uh, Jimmy doesn't have any parents 
He, he like interrogates him. He's like, not so sure. He finds out he's like a loner. Well, as, I as think as he's he gonna like to, try to kill him. There's no traceable relatives. <laughs> he's got no friends. Yeah, yeah. yeah I know he's asking all those questions. To find out. And, and Jimmy's reaction is like, okay, um, gonna go. Could you go see this movie? Or I'm gonna go and, to bed. And, and as you were saying, Dave, uh, you know, O'Brien then moves on to. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, she's already told Thomas about what he th- feels or whatever, or, or what she's been hearing, allegedly. So Thomas feels like he needs to go check on, in on him on the in the middle of the night. And we see his little hype up where he, like, to un- mm-hmm. untucks his undershirt and he, like, sh- shakes his arms. And he's like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to throw this the moves down. I mean, he's definitely uncertain, though. He's like, I don't know. This could really put me in jeopardy. And oh, goodness. Like, This is the epic move. He, he goes to make the move. And uh-huh. Alfred walks in, and Jimmy wakes up, and Jimmy Jimmy is woohoo, not hot. not he great, is hot. I mean, understandably, why would he be be excited to see someone making advances on him while he's asleep? Yeah, yeah. And uh, we see when Alfred is like, you know, it's like nothing's going on, and Jimmy Jimmy says, "There's nothing mm-hmm. between us except my fists." Yeah, I like how Alfred just walks in on this. He's like, "What?" <laughs> and and this is where I, I say he has some of the worst acting I've seen Alfred, uh, because the the look of mortification, like the mortified look on his face, is just terrible. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. And then he goes and talks to his aunt, who's like, mm-hmm. "Look, the world is in your hands right now. You can get this guy fired. You can do whatever you want." Yeah, and. He goes and tells Mr. Carson. I mean, Jimmy doesn't know what to do. on. Uh, I mean, uh, Alfred doesn't know what to do on some level. Uh, his acting, I can't stress this enough. There's, there's a reason why this guy has not acted in much after Downton. <laughs> he is just... He's, he's just not not that good, not that convincing. I'm sorry. No, not at all. And uh, so, so O'Brien basically tells him, snitch, because we're going to get Barrows into jail. Mm-hmm. Which is wild because do do we remember exactly what started the rift between O'Brien and Thomas? Because I was thinking that this whole episode, um, I was like, what happens that that these two best friends have turned on each other? I don't remember. Um, I, isn't it something with it something Alfred? Where, like like Barrow gets in Alfred's way from right, advancing. He tries to set him back a, a notch or something like that. This is or he. She, I, I, I feel like she also asks him to like help him out or help her out on something, and he. I think it's with Alfred. She's like, like show, show yeah. him the ropes, and he's like, "No, I don't think so." It's yeah. competition, and so she says, "Okay, so the next step for revenge is to get this guy sent to jail. He would have been killed. He might have been killed." Uh, yeah, yeah. It, uh, it, she, she. I, I feel like her level of aggression is outsized to whatever uh, microtransaction uh, set them like <laughs> off against each other. It's way out of um, line. Absolutely. I mean, that's why O'Brien's the worst. She really is one of the worst. And then um, she walks off of the show in three episodes, as if nothing mm-hmm. happened. She gets away. She does not get her her. Down Abbey the movie four. I mean, that's when O'Brien uh, comes back. <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, she deserves such a terrible ending. Instead, she gets prom- she gets a new job and goes to India. So it goes. So it goes. But uh, Alfred, he he goes to Carson. He, he He's like, I got to tell him what's up. I, I can't sit on this any longer. Because there, it's distracting him during dinner or, or during drinks or whatever where uh, Carson knows something's off. And, and yeah, Jimmy and Jimmy or Alfred can't tell him. Mm-hmm. Either, and Jimmy doesn't want him to know. So... Yeah, I mean Carson is having a busy night that night. He, he's fe- fetching a beer that we see for Kieran. It's, it's very frothy. Did you see the? the oh, it looked like a, it looked like a root beer float. <laughs> yeah, like do, do they just not know how to serve beers? No, they don't know how to serve those. Why would they? Clearly, clearly. yeah. Uh, but what Carson says, yeah, Thomas Alfred is doing what? Wait, wait, wait! Before that, though, Alfred says, "Can I have a moment?" And Carson's flustered. Then Mosley appears in the doorway. And he's like, fine, which I didn't know how to underst- take that. Mosley just simply appeared, didn't even say a word. And then Carson he's, was just he's like, two okay, losers. He goes, I don't, I'd rather only deal with one of you than both exactly. of you. Exactly. Going back to the point you're, we were making earlier, you don't want to be associated with Mosley at all. At all. It, you just look bad. <laughs> There's plenty of losers around. 
Yeah. So, anyways, back to what you're saying, Dave. And he goes. Alfred goes and tells him, and and Carson is like shocked, but he says, he says, the world is a shocking place, but you're a man now, and you must learn to take it on the chin. Now, mm-hmm. what is he saying? Like, look, you're gonna deal with this kind of stuff in life, so don't talk about it and move on. Or is he just saying you really haven't experienced any life, have you? <laughs> No, I, I think I think he's. I feel like he's taking it on, on the level. I, I don't think he's like underselling it or overselling it. I think he's saying like you saw something that you you usually don't get exposed to and everything, and it's, it's quite you know. Life is going to do this. To you. Could, yeah, you took it on the chin. Just roll the punches. Mm-hmm. You know, just keep moving forward. Yeah, it's um, not about how hard you hit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's about how hard, much you keep going. Um. But I, I do like how Carson, uh, uh, the way he's just like, hold up. <laughs> uh, you know, run that back again. Thomas was doing what? He's like, you mean to tell me he's gay? <laughs> yeah. Did it look fake? It didn't look fake to me. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so Carson gets in, in, in there, Thomas. And the way this is he a great talks scene. to him. Is, oh my God, the vile things you've done. Or, or, Don't. Or, don't I don't wish to take a tour in your revolting world, right? Because he because what is it? He says, um, you know, I don't know what you're hoping to do, you know. And then Thomas says, is it a crime to hope? And Carson <laughs> cut, cuts him short. He, he, he's like, don't you get clever with me when you should be horsewhipped. That's it. And that's that's when Thomas starts to say, like, well, you know, we don't know how to navigate this world. And he's like, I don't want to know about your world. And this is, I think this is a very good moment for Carson because I feel mm-hmm. like, and we said this last week that Julian decides to play woke when he wants to play woke with these characters. And this is an yeah. instance where Carson is acting in a very real and, and natural way where he sees yeah, this I, is, I, I, he could be horsewhipped. Like he, like he could, would be killed. He would probably be murdered in prison. And I think that was kind of a, a, a good like piece of acting on Carson or, or um, Jim Carter. Uh, what's the actor's name? Jim Carter's like part there when he, you know, I think he realizes or comes to his senses when he says that line. Like, wait a second, but this guy's worked here for a long time. I can't, you know, for this act where nothing seems to have transfer transpired or you know gone not, too. Not awry. to mention we we have the whole subplot in this episode about a prostitute working at under the Downton name. What if a, a a gay man was was outed as working at Downton Abbey? That would be hugely controversial. Yeah, absolutely. not to mention if he was convicted and put in jail. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, I mean we see the the hint of that in the movie. It, it's not good. No, yeah, like for for Mr. Barrett. So O'Brien's basically wants to sentence his her former best friend to death. <laughs> yeah, and either and and this is a good moment so, because Carson is like. All right, man. I just don't. I don't want to deal with you. Like, but he's also he yeah, is it, very human. But he's also takes a step back when he realizes just the nature in which this right. conversation is. And he's like, "If Jimmy's cool, I'm cool. Just don't do it. This never don't happens. do it on my house." Yeah, don't he's like do a it cool again. RA. If I don't and see it, if I don't hear it, and I don't smell it, I'm fine. Exactly. Because there's the scene when it's and happening, comes in. and and. Carson's like, what's going on out here? And Barry oh, yeah. was like, during all the yelling, Jimmy had a nightmare, and it's like, yep, he did indeed. More than that, yeah. <laughs> now, do we think uh, let's talk, we should talk about this briefly? Because I know that we've spent a lot of time talking about it. And I remember Ring for Tea went in on this. They said that okay, Barrow, it's an assault. It's an outright assault. I mean, it toes the line. I mean, it, it, it's. No, there isn't any consent there. But, but it's it, it's not Barrow's fault. I don't think. I think it's O'Brien's fault. This is like literally a hundred years ago that that we're talking about. Like it's absolutely a different time mm-hmm. where you have to understand the context. As as Thomas is trying to explain there, uh, you know they don't. There isn't any code there for you know queer culture of like how to communicate mm-hmm. how you are. And he's received or perceived many signals there, so he's acting on those. He's been told Especially when O'Brien right, yeah. is in his ear. Yeah. I, I, look, it, it is, I think, it, 
by the book, it is a form of, of assault, but he would not be found guilty because I don't think there's enough evidence to, pr to say that there was any malice or any, like, he wasn't trying, there was no way he for him to know what he was doing Yeah, uh, this is, and this, this falls squarely on O'Brien, I think, as far as stirring the pot yeah. to try to cause a controversy. She's the then, one you should be mad at. Oh, this I'm is, not saying, she, I'm, she's the, doing the disgusting act. I am, I'm mad at her, I'm just saying I know that people seem now to the look at Barrow as uh, a guy who, who overstepped in a situation when he could have had a conversation yeah. before trying to put a move on him right and and wait so on ring for two were they they putting the blame squarely on Bar barrow were no, they, they just called like you know how we would joke about like baits it's like roughing people up in prison like for the next couple episodes yeah. after i think they would they would refer to barrow as like a, a someone who committed an assault a deviant okay okay uh, i i mean you just you have to have an understanding of the timeline of the time frame and then just O'Brien is the one pushing for this she's literally telling him like you know you're a, a pairing and then oh, you know Barrow ca casually says I love you and then Jimmy you know and then and then later in that you know, same evening O'Brien doubles down yeah look I mean as Carson says at the end of this episode human nature is a funny business isn't it and I think that's the way <laughs> to, to wrap that whole storyline up so let's get to uh, Kieran Branson and, and, and he, I do like Hughes telling him you're a poet uh, Carson you know <laughs> he is good on well, you Jim and Carter one last thing I'd like to the one last thing I'd like to bring, bring up uh, is just on our Instagram when we watched this episode a couple years ago there was like this meme going around of you know two separate characters on Downton or on one of these British shows then to now where it'd be three different images where like then is like them two not knowing each other two is like them getting closer and then now is like them together and I did that with Tara, Thomas and Jimmy and the, the now photo is Jimmy shouting at Thomas <laughs> Come I don't on, think man. it actually went over well I'm trying to remember I think we actually got like a DM with someone like not happy to make fun of that and I I, I think that's uh, fair. That, that's fair <laughs> to say. That was not, not funny. We should have, we should have dragged O'Brien. We should have spent more time dragging <laughs> O'Brien on social media. Drag me. Drag me. It's, it's my fault. Uh, and it's still there on our Instagram if you want to find it. Anyways, so, yeah, the main event. <laughs> it's not really a main event, Kieran, unfortunately for us. Kieran shows up. Yeah. I, th and, and we just, I thought he was in more of this episode. Yeah. <laughs> Kieran shows up, and we just hear, like, laughing. Yeah, so we know Branson's brother is coming to town. For the christening. Uh, and we see Robert, as soon right. as, as Branson says the christening, Robert puts down his whiskey or whatever's in his little glass. He <laughs> chugs back his like, his shot there, yeah. He is not excited about this Branson family member coming to visit. No, he's not visit. excited about um, her, his d granddaughter being raised Catholic. <laughs> no, not, not at all. Uh, and Sybil would have wanted it, as I keep reminding Robert throughout. This is what Sybil wants. That's right. Oh, man. But yeah, they have to have his brother there for the christening, and yeah, he, you know, the first reveal of him is he's just downstairs with the the help and making everyone laugh. He's just he. I don't even think we see him cracking any jokes. It's just him sitting there in wonder as everyone's just laughing at everything he apparently said. Yeah, it's like the the scene after all the jokes. They're they're just giggling at him. He does make one joke mm -hmm. that makes them all laugh, which is weird, not funny in my opinion. Yeah. So like all the upstairs people come downstairs, and and Branson's like, "Come on, you're come, you got to come upstairs," and mm -hmm. Kieran's like, "Can I just sit with these people? These people seem cool," and Branson's like, "Look, you got to come with us." He got invited. He even asked Branson to eat dinner downstairs with him. Yeah, he calls him Tommy. He's like, "Tommy, come sit with me." And yeah, and they, they ask if he can change into his evening wear. And then the one joke he makes is change into a pumpkin. Well, he goes, change, change into what? A pumpkin? And people go, ah! Dave, you got a better Irish accent. I'm not dropping that line again. You said it. The listeners, are, they've been here 53 minutes. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, but the crowd goes wild for that, for that joke. <laughs> and then we see Branson gets him up, and there's a nice little exchange between Hughes and Carson where Carson's... Or Hughes is like, uh, and you always said that Branson would be the one to cause trouble up upstairs. And then Carson's like, this one time Branson is doing his best to keep the the peace. He's like, mm -hmm. that's my guy right now. Now, are we to think that Kieran's already a little half cocked? Down oh yeah, there? We're, I think we're supposed to believe because by the time dinner's over and he asks for the beer, they're like, I think you've had enough. 
Yeah, because like, even like as he gets up from the downstairs table, the camera kind of takes this like verite, like shaky style as it follows him up to you know go over and talk to to Branson. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this Karen fellow, don't know about him, but he, I mean, we wouldn't know because at dinner, he actually gets a laugh, or he actually laughs at Robert's joke. Robert says something about you know, last time I was with the Catholics was in Rome, and I didn't even know what I was doing with my hands. He's, and, he's like, I thought I didn't know what to do with. It. <laughs> I thought it was a more gymnastics routine, and Kieran's like, "That's right, dude. Welcome to mass, bro. <laughs> Cheers to that, man. Like sitting and standing and moving my hands." Kieran's yeah. like, "Dude, I hate church. I, I, bro. I, I, love... I hate church." <laughs> yeah, and they ask him what he does for a job, and he, he does have a bit of a vindictive stance where he's just kind of like automobile refurbishment. <laughs> Branson's <laughs> that, that's, like, "It uh... means he fixes cars." <laughs> yeah, let me translate for my brother. Um. So, yeah, he he won't be there. Uh, or what was it? Robert says he won't be there. He doesn't want to be there. And then everyone's like, "What about Sybil? Huh?" Yeah. So she would have wanted. Oh, man. Good scene. There's a good yeah. scene where they're talking about the christening, and the dowager's like, "I'd love to be there," and Matthew's like, "I am honored," and Cora's like, "I would love to be there," and and Branson's like, "I'm so happy," and Robert's like, "I don't think you want me there. I just think that's how this is gonna be," and and Branson's like, "No, I do want you there." And he's like, ah, I got, you know, mm-hmm. I got to hang out with Jarvis, man. He He's pretty mad he quit. And then Matthew's like, yeah. or Matthew, geez. Branson's like, what about your dead daughter, who's the mother of this baby? And he's like, ah, oh, come on, man. Come on, uh, man. Yeah. And, you know, pretty much it just seems like Karen isn't that bad after all. You know, he, he's just there and then that's it. Yeah, there <laughs> For those two it. scenes. Yeah, and they have the, there's nothing. They have the christening. They have the christening at the end. And then the the hammer of the episode is you know the father comes out for a photo with uh, Cora and Robert, <laughs> and Robert's like oh man, and Cora chides him, are you afraid you'll be converted? And and, and the, the priest is like, stop <laughs> making fun of my my profession, you Dominic, yeah, whatever it is you are, I don't even know what religion but, are but, they, <laughs> Protestants? Well, they're not Protestants because that's what the Americans, they're I don't know, I, uh, they're whatever the Queen they're, is, they're Crowleys. Um, yeah, it, it, I thought there'd be like a huge argument between Kieran and Robert. I just feel like I remember something like that, but no, there's nothing like that. It's just he just shows up. He's having a good time. He's just you know riding the buzz. He gets the beer much the entire time. <laughs> yeah, well, he doesn't get the beer. We don't see him. But he gets. We to see. Him. He, it's implied he gets the beer. Carson puts um, it in a in a sure. frothy mug. Yeah, he just dumps it. So bottoms, <laughs> and then that's why it's so heavy. Just, there, there's so much opportunity here that they could have mined, and uh, it's just that's it. Yeah, down movie two or three. I mean, what do you think it's like for Kieran when he sees, you know, he opens up the newspaper one day and sees that his brother saved the life of the king, <laughs> like, you know, stopped an assassination attempt. Do I mean, you got to be pretty like proud of his brother. That's, gotta, that's pretty cool. I hope so. Yeah. Even if you don't like the king. <laughs> like frame, you got to frame that in your automobile repair shop, you know? Hey, Branson doesn't have uh, to work. He's good. He's set. Uh, yeah. Uh, Thwarted yeah, a suit. I think he gets uh, some of the money. Murder it. Right, you think his brother would get some money, but I guess not. I mean, Branson's got um, some doubting money. And the Dowager has the line of this episode where she says, "You know, since we have a country solicitor and a car mechanic, it was only a matter of time." In reference to Edith becoming a, a journalist, because she makes the big announcement, "I'm going to mm-hmm. be a, a, a journalist." <laughs> that's a that's a good one. Had me laughing. Well, that's that's pretty much the whole episode, right? That's nothing else. No stone. It's a good episode. It's a great episode. It was fun. Yeah, not what I expected. Not enough Kieran, but because he doesn't show up till halfway through, more than halfway through. And his introduction is but, so weird. It is so like un- unusual. That he's just there. They're laughing at him, but then he looks stern and serious. He doesn't want to be there. I mean, I think we may have mentioned it last time, but he looks a lot like um, Back to the Future Three. Uh, you know, the Seamus old West McFly, uh, Marty yeah. McFly. Yeah, he he has the Irish accent and everything. He looks a lot like Seamus McFly. He got a big mole <laughs> on his face too. He does. They should, they should have brought it this guy like, back. Yeah. Anyways, let's get to the power rankings. Sure. Who do you got on the, going down? Alfred. He's a dumb... Number dummy. three? <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Wow. Well, who you got going down number three? I got, I got Isabel number three because she tries to play self-righteous. And all of these people, she thinks they, they're trying to take advantage of Ethel and, and do it for mm-hmm. themselves. But they're, they're acting out of kindness so yeah shut up isabel 
<laughs> yeah, just leave it. Uh, number two, I got Thomas. Yeah, same. Rough go for him this week. Not a great he get, week. He gets shut out. He gets, and he, he gets yeah. led to be, you know, led the wrong way, astray by his his friend. Yeah, and, and number one going down for me is just Robert. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> a bad week for Robert. At, at every turn, he's just told that he's wrong, and just things are not going his way. And he so. gets touched by a priest. He should he should start like screaming when the priest, the Catholic priest, touches him. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Touched by the Lord, um, yeah. There's just nothing goes. He loses his 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 countryman also, and yeah, yeah. Jarvis. Yeah, bye. Yep. Uh, and he has to. He has a huge decision to make between uh, Thomas and uh, Bates too. So it was that way. Oh yeah, that's right. That's lingering in the in the background. The under Butler story. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, who's going up for you, Dave? Number three, I got O'Brien. She plays him like a fiddle. I don't like saying it. Okay. It's hard to deny. And that is that is she, true. She, facts. she gets her way. She wins. Barrow Barrow's going to jail. Mm-hmm. He's gonna get murdered. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Well, number three, I got Matthew. Uh-huh. He 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 pleads his case and he's he's got a W. He's you my, know? He's my he, number he's two. Change the land. Oh yeah. Because I think everything you're saying, and then not to mention, everyone else comes up with the idea of having his brother-in-law as his like right-hand man. He's like, what? That's mm-hmm. brilliant. I'm gonna be here forever. I mean, the only the only issue is he's impotent. That that's the only that's challenge. Number, so. But I mean, hey, you know what that means? You gotta keep trying. Yeah, could be worse. <laughs> it's true. Could be worse things. Well, number two, I got the Dowager. Mm-hmm. I mean, she has a bunch of good quips this episode. She gets Ethel turned around. She's a voice of reason to to Robert to you know show up to the christening and then also to use uh, Branson for the farm. So good for her. All right. Well, she's my number one for all those reasons. This this is. You know, Julian wants to pick and choose when she can be progressive. Good week for her, for this one. She she's the, yeah. she owns the episode. Yeah. Well, number one, I got Edith. Uh, just because we know the the happiness is going to be few and far between. It's contextual. Uh, it's a contextual number one. Years. Yeah. So she's having a good time, just living it up with Gregson and uh, in London, and she's got a job. Congrats. Yeah, I have my, my rankings from last time, if you want to hear them. Sure. I forgot to get mine because we didn't fully decide on this episode had, until last night. My, my my down rankings were identical to yours uh, last time. Uh-huh. And, well, actually, no, I had Thomas going down at number one, then two at Robert. So okay, so a little flip-flop. <laughs> flip it a little bit. More shock value there. Yeah, but Isabel, Isabel's in there, yeah. Up, I had Edith at number three. Number two, I had Violet. And then number one was Branson, actually. I, I was really up on Branson. Well, his daughter got <laughs> in the... family. He got a good... Well, Andy got a job. She's, yeah, and she was christened. So, I mean, it was a good week for him. Yeah. So... He seems like more of a utility player, three, unfortunately, yeah. for, for me in this episode. On a rewatch. For sure. Absolutely. But that that's a 3.7 of the down. Yeah. Now, what the listeners really came to hear us talk about, Dave, is WWE. <laughs> We've been going for over an hour, so we can keep this pretty short. Okay. WrestleMania happened two nights. Mm-hmm. Any any highlights? Dave, what'd you think? I thought it was. I thought night one was a. I felt. I felt the. Uh, the the tingle in my in my spirit seeing a crowd. Yeah. No, it felt good. Um, my mom legit called me the next day to say she had can't remember the last time she watched a wrestling event that made her so happy she, she thoroughly enjoyed every piece of the first night of wrestlemania and, and my mom's like a casual watcher sometimes when i'm home you know uh i'll have it on or i'll tell her like you know when the royal rumble's happening and she watched the royal rumble and she was just so excited to see bianca belair mm-hmm. win on on that night Cause, and she's because i'd show my mom nxt stuff and she's like she's been around for a while hasn't she and it's like and she hasn't won and it's like yeah she she hasn't and this is a moment and my mom got it and Night two happened, and I literally had to call my mom apologizing for how bad it was. It wasn't that bad. It was bad. It was absolutely bad, the night two. Okay, there was some good good spots, but for a three-and-a-half-hour production, I would say about two-and-a-half hours of it was bad, like straight up. Okay. Uh, and, yeah. I thought but, there were I mean, that's two, how it is. two or three good matches. I thought there were three good matches. I think there was like two and a half good matches in there. Okay. You didn't like the Nigerian drum fight? I love the Nigerian drum fight. No, I like the Nigerian drum fight. I like the Nigerian drum fight on night two. I, <laughs> for people who are listening, it's a... 
it's a drum, <laughs> it's a it's a drum with That's all you need to know. <laughs> but they didn't use any drums. They, they, they used a gong. They, they used a, and kendo sticks. Um, that was a good match. So was uh, Sammy versus KO. Mm-hmm. So that's two. Uh, I get, I could. And then I like half of the triple threat. I, I like. I thought it got going in the second half of that match. You didn't like Matt Riddle and Sheamus. That was fun. That, that was a good, good finish, brawl. I thought it was a good. Good brawl. Good scooter. But I mean, the opening with uh, uh, Bray Wyatt or the Fiends and Randy Orton is one of the biggest head scratchers of all time in wrestling. Like since the gobbledygooker, it may be the most like bizarre moment <laughs> i think there's some some seeds being planted and they, and they better be planted because if that's nothing we're as fans we got played it doesn't matter about the seeds being planted it's it's the moments that matter and they they whiffed <laughs> hard yeah it wasn't it was i i night one was I, there was one match it's sasha banks versus bianca belair to wash incredible incredible story is being told in that match between sasha just constantly pulling on this girl's hair and the woman turning around and Bianca and using the hair to her advantage. Incredible storytelling. Yeah. I mean, hearing us say it's about hair after watching this Down Abbey episode with so many different things, it's more than a little more nuanced than just the hair. It's a, it's a great match. It's an amazing top tier match. And I mean, night one just had a lot of just fun stuff going on. You had Braun Strowman ripping apart a cage to pull a man back into the, in, into the ring. Yeah, billionaire. <laughs> This is real Branson versus yeah. Robert situation for calling him a bully or calling him stupid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we saw a, a, a tall bald man uh, spinning a man around on his shoulders without any hands. I thought you meant he the other tall bald man, Omos. Oh, we we saw a seven foot three uh, bald bald man also just making clowns of people. Yeah, and then we saw a bad bunny. W- one of the best matches of the weekend. One of the best tag matches i can think of in recent memory definitely a lot of fun bad bunny the celebrity doing all the the work giving the hot tag to the wrestler and it's one of those things too where you know when they get celebrities in there they're always trying to do those spots Mm -hmm. that make them look good and there were those but the thing that amazed me more more than anything was just the storytelling of it Mm -hmm. like he really nailed you know getting beaten up in the ring and then building towards that hot tag and then you know coming into just you know, throw some support when he, he was needed. Destroyer. Like, they told the story perfectly. Yeah, Canadian Destroyer. Was that your highlight, Dave, or was there any key highlight for you, man? Um, that I mean, I think Bad Money was the biggest. Like, wow. But I, I like. I mean, the main yeah. event was great. I really liked this cage match, and mm-hmm. I thought the Sunday main event was incredible. That was one of the most compelling matches because I really didn't know which way it was going to go. Yeah, yeah, did, did not, and now we know. That's what <laughs> happens when something ends. <laughs> and speaking of something uh, yeah, ending, exactly. that's the, I, that, we've been here for over an hour talking about this episode that only had a character we wanted in two scenes. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what you get sometimes. <laughs> and and let, I'll just uh, put this out there because I know we're about about to hit the plugs. The next couple of weeks are being decided by the Lords of Grantham Lounge. So if you ever had any doubts mm-hmm. about jumping in our Patreon... Now's the time to do it because we haven't made our choices, but we're listening to what people are suggesting. So, if you say, oh, this down episode is something that I want to watch, for a dollar, we might do it. And you get to talk to all our friends. We got a lot of friends in there. There you go. That's all you need to know. And otherwise, though, you you can find us on Facebook, Mm -hmm. Twitter, Instagram. Leave us a rating and review on iTunes if you so choose. And, yeah, we got Patreon. We got merch out there on our Twitter, yada, yada, yada. Boom. <laughs> Look at that. Catch you next time on the pod. That's it. That's all. See you next time.